I need somebody to draw me a ticket. I need a kiddo. Oh, okay. Come on up here, son. Did you have fun last night? Did you? Yes. Good. Is your name in here? Yeah, mama's name is here. <laughs> okay, you reach up there high and grab one of them cards and pull it out for me, okay? Thank you, sir. Do you know them? I don't either. You think maybe we should get to know? Maybe so. Okay, <laughs> thank you, son. Okay, Brandy Gilbert from Beaver Creek, Ohio. Yeah. Y'all here? They're not here? Okay. Well, we'll make sure they get the $100 gift card to Young's, okay? All right. Very good. Okay. All right. We're going to let the kids go to junior church, too, this morning. So, Miss Linda, if you take them to that, that'd be awesome. And how exciting, huh? It's a blast. All right, grab your Bibles this morning. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 26. Man, I swear there was more people in here a minute ago. They better. <laughs> Matthew 26. I thought uh, in honor of, you know, the trunk or treat and harvest party and everything last night that I would preach a message. I've preached this message before a couple times, not here, but God really burdened my heart with it this last week. And I think when people put on a costume, they try to become or be something they're not, someone different. And to me, it's unfortunate that you know, during the Halloween season, people want to be, I don't know why, blood and guts and scary people and, and wicked and all that nasty. <laughs> to me, it's nasty. I'm not a big person on Halloween anyway. If you knew a lot of the history of it, I think maybe you would understand more of why I don't like Halloween, because it really flies in the face of everything that we stand for and believe as Christians. But last night was about having an opportunity to meet people, to get an opportunity to tell them about Jesus Christ, to invite them to church. That's what it was about. And if I can take a night that's meant for the devil and use it for the Lord, by golly, we're going to do it. Amen, amen, and amen. So today, for just a little bit, I'm sorry, Matthew 27, turn a page. Uh, I want to become someone for you to listen to this morning. I don't want you to hear uh, Pastor David preach this morning, but I want another character of the Bible to preach to you this morning. So I'm going to do everything I can to become that person this morning and to testify to you of the things that he saw and the things that he experienced as he went through a certain situation of his life. So let's all stand together. Matthew 27. Matthew 27, and we'll start reading in verse 15. 
Matthew 27 and verse 15. The Bible says, Now at that feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. And when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether the twain will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out to more, saying, Let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person, and see ye to it. Then answered all the people, and said, His blood be upon us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Our Father, we come to you once again, Father, begging you to meet with us today. Lord, we see what happened here on this day when our Lord was crucified. Lord, we see and we read in your book that, Lord, there was a malefactor who was released that day, a notable prisoner by the name of Barabbas. And Lord, today we want to look at Barabbas's testimony and hear what he would have to say to us today if we could bring him here. And Lord, if he could talk to us and tell us about that day. So Lord, I pray that God, the Holy Spirit, would touch our hearts, would open our hearts to the preaching of the Word of God. And Lord, if there be one here today that doesn't know Christ, Lord, I pray that by the time the last amen is said and, and we all depart to go to our homes, that Lord, a new name would be written in glory. That God, there would be a, a new child uh, in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And Father, we ask you, Lord, to use what is done here today for your honor and for your glory. Lord, let it not be for our praise in any way, shape, or form. But Father, we ask and we pray that you and your Son and the Holy Ghost of God would receive all the honor and the glory and praise. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your many blessings upon us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that you've given us to serve you. But Father, right now, Lord, allow us to worship you and, Father, to praise your name. And, Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all these things. For the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. You can all be seated. So, for a few moments, I would like to, for lack of a better way to put it, become Barabbas. And I would like to take on his character for just a few moments and, and kind of become to you and tell you the story of Barabbas in a first person, if I might. 
So don't look at me as Pastor David for the next little bit, but look at me as Barabbas. That if we could bring Barabbas back to life today, I want to share with you what I think he would testify today of how he felt on that faithful day. I would like to introduce you, introduce myself to you today, for my name is Barabbas. I would like to tell you a little bit about myself as I get started. As I begin my story, I hate to say it, but I was a, a notable prisoner. I was a thief. Let me rephrase that. I am a thief. I am a murderer. I was the one who led a resurrection against the Roman government. And because of these things, because of what I had done, they sought to kill me. I was like Robin Hood. I robbed from the rich and I gave to the poor. I murdered because of the insurrection that I was starting against the government. And I felt I had the right to do these things because I knew the injustices that they were carrying out amongst our people. Because of this insurrection that I had started, they tracked me down, they hunted me, they caught me, and they judged me to be crucified. The day of my execution was set. I was sure it was coming. There was no way I could escape. I knew to try to escape was even futile. There was no way I could escape from the Romans. I'd resigned myself that my death was upon me and that it was soon coming. But something happened. I will never, ever forget. They scourged me. They beat me. And oh, how I cried. The pain, the torture, the agony that they put upon me was almost too much to bear. And to take it even further, they took me and they put me in a cell that faced the courtyard where they beat other prisoners and they scourged prisoners. And to this day, I can still hear their screams and I can hear their cries of pain. I can hear them begging the Roman soldiers to stop, to stop their torture, to stop their beating. But yet the Roman soldiers just continued to laugh at them and to continue on with their evil game. It weighs upon my mind and upon my heart. I hear it in my, in my dreams. Just to realize that other people could be that cruel and that brutal and that torturous. Oh, I knew I was guilty. I confess to you that I was guilty of death. I knew I had it coming. I knew the day of my crucifixion, of my, my execution was at hand. And one day they brought in a prisoner. A prisoner who I had never seen before. But it was someone I had heard about. His name was Jesus. And I watched him bring him in as I looked through my prison cell window. And I watched them bring him into that courtyard. 
And I watched as they scourged him, as they beat him, as the blood flew from his body and came back and it stained the Roman soldier's uniform and it splattered upon his face. But you know, there was something different about this man that I'd never seen before. This man did not cry out. He did not beg for mercy. He did not seek any way to escape the pain, the torture, the agony that they were putting him through. But he took it. Almost as if he knew there was a purpose. As if he knew there was a reason and he was taking this beating. And as I watched the blood fly from his body, I remembered the things that I had heard about him, how he had done good, how he had helped people, how he went about just trying to be a blessing to other people. And I couldn't understand why they were doing this to him. They finally finished their cruel game, and they brought him into the cell block. And as they took him past my cell, I looked him in the eyes. His eyes met my gaze, my stare. And you know, there was almost a, a look on his face of compassion. He looked at me with a heavy heart. He looked at me with a love that I cannot describe. Me, Barabbas, a person who was scheduled to be crucified. And yet this man, Jesus, looked at me with this compassion and this love that I cannot understand. And all of a sudden it dawned on me that today was the day of my crucifixion. Today was to be the day that I was executed, that I was to die. I crawled over into the corner of my cell and resigned myself that today was the day that my life would end on this earth. But why were they doing this to Jesus who is called the Christ? I sat there and I waited for them to come and get me and to take me to my crucifixion. And all of a sudden in the silence I heard the Roman soldiers marching feet coming down the corridor and I knew they were coming for me. The closer they got and the louder their steps got, the more I realized how close my death had become. They unlocked my cell door. They bound me in rope and chains. 
Barabbas, you are to come with us, they said. And I resigned myself to my fate. I got to my feet and I walked over to where they were. And they began to escort me down the corridor, me fully believing they were leading me to my crucifixion. We got to the end of the corridor and I knew that if we turned right, we were going up Golgotha's hill, heading out to Golgotha. And if we turned left, we would go to the governor's balcony. But to my surprise, instead of turning right, we turned left. And I thought, what in the world is going on? They led me down this corridor and up to a set of steps. And a soldier poked me with his spear and he said, up the steps, Barabbas. I got to the top of the steps and the door swung open and there I found myself on the governor's balcony and here was Pontius Pilate and Jesus. They led me out on that balcony and to my surprise I heard people say, crucify him, crucify him! And I thought they were talking about me. Pilate said, it's your custom that on this day a man be released. And Pilate asked the crowd, who would you that I released unto you? And they called my name. Pilate could not believe what they were saying. And he said, what would you have me to do with Jesus, this just man? And they said, crucify him, crucify him. Release Barabbas unto us. My head began to swirl. I, I didn't know what was going on. I remember Pilate washing his hands and saying, see you to it. My hands were tied behind my back and I remember a Roman soldier's dagger slipping between my hands and cutting the ropes free. I remember the chains falling from me and thinking to myself, I got to go. Well, let me tell you, I didn't wait very long. I left as quickly as I could. They took Jesus and they put a crown of thorns upon his head. punched him in the face. And they would say, prophesy and tell us, was it either him or me? They began to take Jesus away. and I, I don't know what it was. Why, why I didn't run as far from that place as I could. But there was something that compelled me to follow them to Golgotha. And I stayed far enough behind to where I felt like I was some safety cushion where if they changed their mind, I could still get away. And the only thing that I could think to myself was it was either him or me. They led him of Golgotha's mountain, carrying a cross that was meant for me. And all I could think to myself was, 
It was either him or me. When they got to the top of Golgotha's mountain, they took him and they laid him upon that old rugged cross. And all I could think of, it was either him or me. They drove a nail through his left hand and another through his right. They drove a nail into his feet. And all I could think, it was either him or me. They stripped him naked and they hung that cross. And they picked that cross up and they dropped it into the socket. And the Bible says that all of his bones were out of joint. And as they dropped that cross into that socket, the jerk popped his bones out of place. And I heard the pop as they were dislocated. And the only thing I could think of it was either him or me. I saw the blood flowing down his face, out of his hands and his feet. The blood flowing from the beating that he had taken upon his back. I heard him say something that I couldn't make out. But I heard him say, Father, into thy hands... I commend my spirit. And then he died. And the only thing that I could think of was it was either him or me. Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize that's the way it is with you today? Has there been a time in your life that you've come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and realize that what He did on the cross of Calvary for you, and He would have done it for you alone because of the love He would have done it for only you. Has there been a time in your life when you've sat back and realized it was either him or me? That's the love that God has for us. That he was willing to allow his son, Jesus Christ, to endure that torture and that agony and that pain and that suffering, and the, the pain and agony and all of that of the crucifixion for you and for me. And there must come a time in our life when we say to ourselves, it was either him or me. That's what Jesus Christ did for you. Can I say this to you, church? Can I say this to you, lost world? That each and every one of us are represented in the Scriptures by Barabbas. 
For we were thieves, murderers, unjust, sinners, deserving death, deserving an eternal separation from God. We're all just like Barabbas. And we should have paid for our sin, for our wickedness, our unrighteousness, not only with our blood, but with our eternal soul. But Christ took our sin and He bore it on the cross that we might be forgiven of our sin, that our sin debt might be paid for, And we can all be here today and say it was either him or me. That's what God has done. That's what Christ has done. Brother Kyle, would you show that video, please? Brother Jim, would you knock the lights out for a minute? I, I, I just want this to be... Oh, never mind. Brother, Brother Pete's got it. Thank you. prison cell, I watched them play the cruel game, with just a man, a blindfold, and a purple robe of shame. They struck the man upon his face, and said in mockery, prophesy and tell us, was it either he? You're the people's choice He'll die, you're free to go Later as I watch them Take his life on Calvary I told myself a thousand times It was either him or me Either him or me took my place on Calvary. I'm so unworthy to be free. It was either him or me. Since prison walls bound with chains so strong, awaiting death, the wages for which I had worked so long. No 
Hell awaited me in eternity. The warden said there was no hope for either him or me. And I stumbled by the prison window where I saw a wounded man upon the cross who died for one and all. Later as I watched his death, then I could be set free. That's when I put my faith in him. It was either him or me. You understand? It was either him or me. Let's all stand. So the invitation today is this. Miss Patty, that's fine. The invitation today is this. If you're here today and you know Christ, we owe him a debt of gratitude that we can never repay. He took our place. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ in a personal way. There's never been a time in your life when you've accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Today can be the day that you're set free. And we would like for you to come and accept Christ today. If you need to know Christ, we'd love to take a Bible and show you can know for sure that Jesus is your Savior and heaven's your home. But Christian, maybe you're here today and we just need to praise Him a little bit for what He's done for us. I want to ask Kyle to play that again and we'll leave the lights on this time. But if you need to come forward, Christian, and just say, thank you, Lord, for taking my place on the cross, now would be the time to do it. Or maybe you're here today, like I said, and you don't know Jesus Christ. Would you come forward today and take this preacher by the hand and we'll introduce you to the most wonderful person that you've ever met. My best friend, Jesus Christ. Go ahead, Brother Kyle. So would you come? Come on. Just come and say thank you, Lord. Come on.
from my prison cell. I watched you need to come and accept Christ. Would you come? With just a man, a blindfold, and a purple robe of she 